Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey listeners, still looking for that perfect song of summer? Stay tuned for a candidate from Angela Predom later in this episode. And now, on with the podcast. Mark Hello, everyone. We do indeed talk about songs. This is your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined by my fergalicious partner in crime, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> I'm a mid-40-licious. Hello. And uh, Sarah, what have we got on the docket for today? Uh, we are discussing the song Pink Houses by, as he was known at that time, I believe, John Cougar. Um, who is like John Cougar, Mellencamp, Mellencamp, Cougar, Mellencamp, Kudahy, Chandler. It's like a, it's like a um, 28 times married all my children character. Anyway, let's go with John Cougar. The, our journey to this song was a circuitous one. Uh, we were looking through some listener requests and uh, one of you, Dawn, asked if we would talk about Jack and Diane. And then we realized that it had been a while since we had polled the Patreon supporters um, about things. Uh, it seemed recent, but it's just because we were polling everyone about everything during March Mass Test. So we didn't really realize <laughs> yes. that like a month had gone by. So we gave you a bunch of uh, John Cougar, Mellencamp, Cougar, Mellencamp songs to choose from. And y'all chose Pink Houses. And I was like, the fuck is that? Like I said, Mark and I am that was like, I'm sorry. What? Like, is this the, one of the ones where like his model wife is playing a violin and, and Mark's like, no, 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 you actually, you know, this song, you just don't realize, you know, the song. And I totally knew this song. I did not know it was called pink houses. Um, and I had some other sort of surprises along the way as I was listening to this song. Shall we hear a clip or Mark, do you have any other introductory remarks? I think that sets us up quite nicely. So let's just bounce to that clip. Yep. Ain't that America. Here we go. Well, as a young man in a t-shirt let's do rock and roll Everything I have to say about this song is positive, but I will say this. Um, Mr. Cougar made both John McCain and the National Organization for Marriage stop using this, and his cease and desist letters were pretty fucking bitchy. That's right. Cougar 2020, thank you, young man. Um, Mark, what were your feelings about this song generally? I don't know if you remembered it from like... 
oh, when yeah. it was out? Because you were like five? But see, my thoughts about but this song. But it's never gone away. Yeah. Yeah. My thoughts about this song are wrapped up in my thoughts about John Cougar, Mellencamp, Stevens, Whitney, <laughs> Jacobson. <laughs> Deb of Voice, Plimpton. Yeah. <laughs> um, John Mellencamp is someone who I feel like I've been hearing always, but never actively chosen to listen to. Mm. I, I don't know. And I don't mean this as an insult. His music is fine, but I feel like if I want rueful music about the American experience, I'll just listen to Bruce Springsteen. I also had that in my notes that this perhaps presaged the like real heartland rock vein that was about to be mined because I was surprised that this came off the same album as Hurt So Good. Like I didn't know this song was this early. Yeah, this song is old. Um, yeah. It's from 83. I mean, Bruce Springsteen at this point had started to dip his toes into the American heartland or, or whatever, the American working class disaster pool. <laughs> but this album um, came out well before I think Bruce Springsteen had been permanently ensconced there. I mean, you had like Neil oh, yeah. Young talking about harvests and shit, but... Um, this was like the John Mellencamp is like the one of the big guys who made blue collar tragedy uh, singable. Like he made it into something that sounds like fun and pleasant, and you can yell it at a bar. And you know you can't really do that with a Neil Young song, no matter how much you want to. I believe so. I mean, it's not like he's coming from nowhere. Obviously, he's inspired by things. But my, my point about John Mellencamp is that why is it, Sarah, and maybe you agree with me, maybe you disagree with me, why do I feel like that he is at best a C plus? That's my existential question. Because, well, it could be, it could be just something that like, because this has been or something that was commissioned to sound extremely like it without like blundering afoul of copyright has been in every fucking Chevrolet commercial since we were in short pants. Yes. Um, And that it is, you know, the song was like, it's just like a sort of tone poem song about things that he saw when he was driving around in Indiana. And then they shot it in Indiana. Um, and like, fine. Like it's, it's a fairly straightforward thing that I think was not, you could, you could argue that based on like the sing along nature of the chorus and the fact that he, d- that the lyrics are ain't that America in the chorus, that this was like cynically designed to be sold to Coca-Cola or like you know dr pepper half calf or whatever it's being used to sell like this is absolutely a song that like if you watch enough live sports and i watch a lot of baseball every truck ad has something like this so this is like that's not like art that's commerce and it's also wallpaper yeah, and in a way, I guess that's not really John Mellencamp's fault that he managed to no, perfect. No, absolutely. He managed to perfect that type of songwriting that makes 
straight guys with beers in their hands feel comfortable singing along because they feel perhaps seen by music like this. Yeah. And but I guess and and I'm also thinking too. Uh, John Mellencamp has a song called Scarecrow, which is rain on the scarecrow, blood on the plow. It's a song about how American farmers are being fucked over. Like, mm. of course, it's like a good thing to write music about these types of people. I guess there's just something about the execution of the John Mellencamp version of this that I have no real enthusiasm for. I'm fine with John Mellencamp. But there's there, there's something about Bruce Springsteen. There's something about Neil Young. There's an urgency. There's a there's a cleverness of lyric. There's a there's a muscularity to the music. There's something else that they have going on that I feel like John Mellencamp is the he's the the network t, he's the network TV version of their HBO experience. I I think you might be on to something there. I think that Springsteen, at least concerning matters of the actual heartland, like not that he's not allowed to have opinions about Nebraska, but you are so strongly associated from New Jersey, you need to take your Tom Joad shit and sit down. I'm just I'm just not a huge fan of like I don't know. <laughs> that album i think it's annoying <laughs> sorry they're gonna pull my jersey girl card um but i i think you're definitely on to something and i don't think i think he's sincere i think he has um like springsteen been like k- kept a pretty low pro and like still been where he's from yeah. Even when he was hugely famous. He seems um, like a pretty nice guy. He's yeah. dating Meg Ryan now. Is he? Yeah, I think they've been together for a while. So she divorced Dennis Quaid to get, well, you know what? She, there's no arguing with her taste because I still would with all of them. Not Maybe not her. Y'all, we are thrilled to introduce you to Angela Freedom, which rhymes with freedom, which makes her an awfully good fit for this Americana-themed episode, don't you think? I think uh, ah! Angela Freedom makes music that's laid back, soulful, feel good, and positive, just like Mark. Hey! Unless he's talking about Train. <laughs> anyway, you've probably heard Predium's music in film, TV, like Dance Moms, or advertisements. If you haven't, here is a clip of Hey, Mr. Sunshine. I mean it as the highest possible compliment when I say I want there to be a revival of Ally McBeal just so she can sing this song in the Vonda Shepard slot of the episode. Because oh I just God. think this song is so good. Yeah. And just effortless. Hey. Oh, yes. So it's exactly the kind of song that like creates a sense of mood. 
Uh, and also, that is John Patrick Peters on the guitar there, by the way. If you want more sunshine or to learn more about Angela and support independent artists and musicians, she is on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Angela Freedom. Uh, it's not spelled like freedom. That's Angela P-R-E-D-H-O-M-M-E. And we will have links in our show notes as well. Or you can just search for Angela Freedom on Apple Music, Pandora, or Spotify. Again, that's Angela Freedom. P-R-E-D-H-O-M-M-E. On it, Mr. Sunshine. All right, back to Cougar Town. But there is something about him that it's like still a little bit like first drafty yes that it's like i need you to push and he has said i read the other day that he was um he's not happy with the last verse and i was like you shouldn't be that's some fucking freshman comp shit the thrills the bills the pills that kill like no (laughs) no you cross that one out and you like spring the rhythm a little bit or Something like in a in a song that's basically this like I wouldn't say it's cheery, but it has an Americana flavor to it. Like you have to make the lyrics work harder so that it doesn't sound like it's from a an ad. And I I don't think that lyrically, like narratively, that's how he works. Right. So all of his songs can sound a little bit samey in the sense that like these are story songs and while they are sincere and genuine and they make sense like he doesn't have those sort of weird like druggy haze lyrics that like once you look at them written down on like google music you're like what the heck like <laughs> is there a ver i have no idea what's happening like in this song you're basically like okay this is like a somewhat sophomoric effort to describe lower middle class like life at the meeting of the interstates in this indiana town fine i think that yeah i think that this is well it's this just is pushing me towards the truth like persistently unsophisticated in a way that i think some people find comforting and um fellow hail fellow well met he's extremely he's an extremely talented musician Mm. who doesn't have the alienating genius that a dylan a neil young a bruce springsteen might have so you can like john mellencamp in an easier way in a less effortful way because john mellencamp isn't really asking you to think much beyond what you're hearing. I feel like that's part of it. There's just not much underneath him. Like he says what yeah. he means. He's he, he's he's got straightforward hooks. The music always goes where you think it's going where you think it's going to go. Yeah. The lyrics are never about anything other than what they're about. The if a the song titles are kind of maybe a little vague, but once you get in there it's like I feel happy about this, I feel sad about this. And there's it, Yeah, and then you're just sort of like what do you just see a pink house or something? And he's like, yep. And it's <laughs> like, oh, and I think that you're right okay. that that leads to a kind of sophomoric quality. It's not mediocre music. 
Yeah, no, it's just but it's like it's, he has a lane and he stays in it, and there is something to be said for that. That's not a clock, but yeah, that's why I think it's a C plus. He's above average, but he's not great. Like, I want to mean, just, I want to read. I, I would say that he's a he's a B, but I could hear a B. I, but I mean, I I'm willing to entertain stands. a B. And I also think that, like, Jack and Diane, like, once you have written the um, Ne Plus Ultra of songs about, like, curdled nostalgia that is, like, radio played to death, and there was a seamless transition from it being on regular rock radio to it being in the oldie station, and, like, yeah, it like... will always be with us. <laughs> yes. That... And it is like the sort of spiritual um, cousin of Glory Days and other Heartland Rock songs like that. That it's like that summer of '69. That is what he does, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's I don't think he's interested in trying to escape from it. But it's also like when you've already sort of like peaked with the Exhibit A of the genre, everything else that you do which is basically the same, is going to be like, eh. And I guess this is also making me think about the fact that, unlike many other artists, John Mellencamp never tried to wildly reinvent his sound. He never yes. he never released the, the Zoo-Ropa album. Oh, you know, he, well. he just was always this guy. Like, I'm from oh. middle America, and I like straightforward rock songs with straightforward rock instrumentation this is what i do there's a lack of pretension there that is appealing certainly yeah like i just like to imagine him like looking at um like he's in old navy and he's like men's jeans have lycra now that he's just like this is not where i want to live (laughs) this world you know what else he doesn't do though this was my last note that i took on the song and i really feel it's important um to to stress this positive for me, he is not using a bunch of far less clever than he thinks metaphors to lecture us on the spiritual rot at the core of Reagan's America, like some people whose names rhyme with Ron Fenley. <laughs> He's just like, here's this thing I saw on someone's porch. Like, sure. It's not a lecture. It's descriptivist and not prescriptivist, and I am okay with that. I'm I am, not great with it, but I like. I think you're exactly right. But this He's is fine. where I think the first draft equality of his lyrics gets him into a little trouble because mm-hmm. I want to read the first verse that we didn't hear. <laughs> there's okay. a there's a black man with a black cat living in a black neighborhood. He's got an interstate running through his front yard. You know he thinks that he's got it so good. And there's a woman in the kitchen cleaning up the evening slop. And he looks at her and says, hey, darling, I can remember when you could stop a clock. Oh, but ain't that America. So I feel like that because he is maybe not the most sophisticated writer, he doesn't maybe hear how how patronizing this verse mm. is. Like yeah. he he th- this guy thinks he's got it so good, even though he's got an interstate running through his front yard, and his woman is cleaning up the evening slop. That's a that is a charged 
very diminishing word for the food that these people are eating. And I don't know that he intends to make it seem like he yeah, is looking down his I nose. I just think he's maybe not quite, or that's like some Hoosier like word for doing the dishes could be I but can this is this cousin. is why i this is why i think i can only go so far with him because a better writer would have written something that was crisper than this there's there's something well, yeah, a little muddy think, about I the think intention it's not doing what he thinks it's doing actually which is a problem yeah i think i think that based on some stuff i've read that he said in interviews i think what you said is exactly right he's just describing what he saw but he's describing it in a way that it can easily be interpreted as being really judgmental. And yeah. I think it's because he's just not in control of the writing and not because he <laughs> yeah. actually thinks he's better than these people. Yeah. I mean, in Jack and Diane, like the dribbling off of the slacks, that line has been sort of like a poppy seed at my gum line for decades because it's like, it's actually like, it's actually really perfect and innovative and it's, it scans really well. And the way it's sung is like really interesting. It gives you that sense of like just being in the backseat and being, uh, you know, drunk with desire as a teenager. But I'm not entirely like I've never been able to decide whether the use of the verb dribble was purposeful. And I don't think it was. And it yeah. kind of ruins the whole project. <laughs> and I yeah. And again, we don't know John Mellencamp. Who knows? No. Maybe he is has a rationale for every word in every song. But that comes across to me as lackluster. And so, again, these songs are perfectly pleasant. If I were at a minor league ball game and one of his these songs came on which it is absolutely certain it that it, they would it will i wouldn't be mad like if i'm over there getting a hot dog and pink houses comes on i'm gonna be like yeah okay great and i guess like what you said before that just means that he has become musical wallpaper and mm. having listened actually to all of his top 10 singles in preparation for this episode because those were the songs that we put up on the Patreon poll. I don't think that there are any missed gems that we've forgotten about as a culture. Like, that's no. what you hear is what you get. Yep. But at the end of the day, I guess kudos to you, John Mellencamp, for not being an overt public asshole. If you've managed to... For not being like a secret Ted Nugent sellout. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, you're not being photographed behind Trump, at least, and saying that that's the real America. Like, at least he seems like he's remained, like, a fairly decent guy. So if you're going to make this kind of music, I guess become that kind of guy. Like you said at the very top of the episode, at least be bitchy when John McCain tries to use your shit. Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. 
That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Tweet us at TalkSongs. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash massdass.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash massdass. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.